this morning's worship was amazing. Amen? Amen. I can see you guys are still like sort of lulled into this peaceful little spot that the Holy Spirit put you in. But you know, I think it's something we should just talk about a quick, talk about quickly, and that is the importance of entering into that rest. You know, it is a New Testament commandment. Hebrews 4 verse 1 says that you must enter into my rest. You know, it is so important. And some of the things that I was singing and saying, like for instance, if you rest, God works. But if you work, God rests. God's not going to mix His perfect work with our imperfect work. Amen? It's either all Him or it's not. And we've got to get to that place where we can just enter in and experience His strength, His power. It is so important. It's as as important under the law when you were not allowed to do anything on the Sunday, on, or on the Sabbath. Do you guys know that? You weren't, you weren't allowed to go and pick up sticks on the Sabbath. You know, you weren't allowed to do anything. You weren't allowed to even let your donkey carry something on a Sabbath. It was so important. If you did, you would come under punishment. But just as important as it was to rest on the Sabbath, on the seventh day, in the New Testament, Christ is the Sabbath. And it's just as important that you enter into Him and you learn to rest in Him now. Amen? The thing is, you must understand, if you don't learn to rest in Him, you miss out on the promises. You miss out. Turn to the person next to you and say, you miss out. Don't be a sucker. You're not a sucker. You're a child of God. You're beautiful. Amen? Are you guys with me? Why does it seem like when we say we must rest that we feel guilty about it? Exactly. Can anyone tell me, when I said we must rest, how many things went through you and you were like, yes, it sounds good, it sounds good, but I mean, am I not supposed to do something? How many of you guys felt like that when you hear that? You see, look at that. Is that for four people or is that, is that you, Ashley? Ashley's like. <laughs> He's four personalities. <laughs> <laughs> So you, do you see, I say rest, and immediately what comes to your mind is, but how? <laughs> That's a different kind of rest. We'll pray for that after the service. That's a resting of the ears. No, I'm joking. <laughs> so, so, I mean, just look at that. Look at how the flesh kicks up immediately. We say rest, and immediately you're going, how, I mean, am I not supposed to do something? What does that mean? Uh, uh, you don't actually feel comfortable, am I right? You feel disjointed. Yeah. And I think Tasso's got the answer for you because he just said, it's obviously because you've got the wrong definition of what resting in God is. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Amen? Let's expand a bit on, on that because I think it's so important. Yeah, that's, yeah, I mean, definitions we I mean we've said that definitions are the most important thing that drive people to be able to create their own beliefs you know so if someone whoever makes the definition of a specific word then 
we suddenly um, defined it. And we've all defined rest based on what? Based on our flesh. That's how we define rest, you know? We don't define rest based on what's in our hearts. You know? Um, like stewardship now. How, how do you take that and make it real? If you don't take that into your heart, you can hear 200,000 of beautiful messages about stewardship, you know? But you see, the heart is what interprets everything, unfortunately. It is unfortunately for me and for a lot of people because we have to put the work, you know, to be able to change the heart and to see and identify uh, with who we really are in Christ. And the effort has to be placed, I would say, 80 to 90% of the time into our heart to see ourselves that the real rest is the Sabbath, which is Jesus, isn't it? It's a finished work. Yeah. So how do you look like as a finished product? Everybody says, put a little thing, says under construction. Yeah, no, but <laughs> how do I look like as a finished product? Because I, if, if I don't look, if I don't know how I look as a finished product, what, what am I constructing or who am I allowing to construct? And, you, and you're always going to be under construction. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, those are, and, and again, they're all paradoxes, we understand that. But, you know, I, I, anything that, that we hear, we got to just slow it down, make, ask ourselves the question in our hearts. How, how does my heart feel about what we just heard now? What does it say? What does it mean to me? To me and Jesus, in other words, because we, we, we're together. What does it mean to me, you know? And um, how would be able to play it out? For me, the best thing is, how would that scripture of stewardship look like in my life? What does that scripture of stewardship look like in my heart, in my life? So, in my heart, how am I supposed to see this? So that I can experience it, isn't it? Yeah. I need to see it in my heart so I'm able to experience it. Okay, what efforts am I going to put into it? To be able to get there, you know? Because according to Mark 4, isn't it, 23, 24, so there somewhere, it says, whatever life you want to get out of a scripture, squeeze out of it, in other words. He's asking us, how much contemplation, meditation, how much of that are you, going, are you willing to put into it? Yeah. You see? So the rest scripture, how much effort do I need to put into it? How much weeding out of those definitions that the world has given me, I need to take out of me, you know, so that my heart can really accept it. You see, because there's contradictions in our hearts. Am I right? Well, I feel that way, you know, that, you know, in this journey that we are making, what is that? A plane, sorry. Um, in the journey of my heart that I'm going to be making, there needs to be a final picture of how I should be or how I look like That's right. you know and I need to keep that so close to my heart and continuously compare everything 
that emerges within me with that person, that new person that I really am. See, everything that we're describing, we are one in Jesus, we have this, we have that, it's all in your spirit, man. It will not do you any good until each one of us makes the specific effort to bring it from the spirit. And, I mean, we know that, but I think it bears repeating, bring it into our hearts. Because that's where our identity is. That's where the life is going to flow out of. It's not going to flow because it's in your spirit, man. Isn't it? So all scripture is spirit. And it's all true if you're born again in the spirit. But how are you going to bring it to your heart to experience the rest that we're talking about? So those are very important questions that each one of us as believers, as disciples of Jesus, need to bring ourselves to experience his lifestyle, him and who he is. You know, so, um, yeah, yeah, so I, I think let's take an example, because this is really where either the wheels fall off or the rubber meets the road. You know what I'm saying? And, and let's take let's take a negative example, for example, negative example, for example, which is negative, like that sentence that I constructed. OK, but let's take a, a negative example. So if we look at, let's say you're feeling something negative, so you're feeling insecure or you're feeling you know, condemned or guilty, or you feel like, you know, you can't perform, whatever it is, right? What do we tend to do? We tend to go on a witch hunt to find out what is going on here, right? And what we start doing eventually, we end up at the, the point where, thank you, we, we end up at the point where we start questioning our existence. It's like, maybe I was a mistake. You know, I'm giving an ex extreme example, but depending how long you take this introspection, you know, uh, um, you're going to end up down a very deep, dark hole. And something that is seemingly simple becomes a mountain that you can't even wish of scaling, right? But like what Tasso is saying now is that that finished product, if, if we don't establish that first and we don't compare against that, our efforts of analysis are futile. There is no point in them, guys. All we're trying to do is get to the bottom of negative emotion. Mm. You, I just want to get rid of this feeling. What's causing it? What's causing it? But unless I have the benchmark, unless I have the template to compare against, I cannot begin my analysis. Are you with me? For example, now, what is our, our benchmark is Christ mm. and uh, uh, how I am in Him. Are you with me? So if I'm feeling a certain way or anything, but I just go and analyze that feeling instead of saying, wait, that's who I am in Jesus, right? And I make that comparison, I'm going to go to a place that's going to be very dangerous, you know? And that's what happens with the, the rest issue that you're talking about now is that because when we say rest, right, uh, um, everyone thinks like, you know, on the couch, feet up, you know, that's rest. And I'm not saying that isn't, right? But um, it's much deeper than that. It's not just physical rest, you know? You can go to bed and sleep for nine hours and wake up tired. Are you with me, right? It's probably because you slept nine hours, but anyway. Um, you could do that and, and you would find that, okay, I am resting, but I'm not experiencing rest. You, you know what I'm saying? So all these benchmarks now that, that the, these pictures that we get from the word, you know, like rest, 
the stewardship, the kingdom inside me, you know, being a giver, and you know, all these kind of things. Um, our struggle as ministers is that we have to recreate these pictures. You know what I'm saying? So you, you guys will often hear us say, disclaimer, when we say this word, this is what we mean. When we say this word, this is what we mean, right? Because we associate those definitions with our life experience, like, like Tasso's been talking about now. So whenever we're looking at these biblical principles, right? We must never be basing our interpretation of them on us. Are you guys with me? We can't say, well, that's rest to me. Or, well, that's this to me. No, no, no. We, we need to know what is that in Christ. Are you with me? Our experience of it, right, in terms of nature is the same. But the way it looks in our lives could be unique for each of us. But we need to take what it is in Christ. You know, a lot, of, uh, a lot of discussions take place, especially in the Christian circle, you know. It's weird, though, because, like, in other religious circles, they don't disagree on the word. You know, it's on their word, sorry. You know, it's like, I don't know if they do, but they're not open about it, you know. But they'll be like, well, that's my interpretation. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it's, like, weird. In other religions, it's not. Maybe because they know it's like, geez, do I even want to question this thing? I might die, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> but people are like, oh... Uh, this is actually how I interpret the scripture. No, no, no. We need to say, what is the scripture saying? Because what we open ourselves up to is when we say, this is how I interpret the scripture, is that I'm interpreting the scripture to serve me. Are you with me? I'm interpreting that image of rest, that image of kingdom, the image of stewardship to serve me, you know? I think, I think what you said there, which was so important, is, is this, guys, is that, like Bash said, we've got that, that picture of Jesus, okay, and what rest looks like in Jesus. We're just using rest for the example. Yes, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so we've got that picture, and we see we're supposed to see and know and feel what rest feels like in Him. Instead of hunting down the negative thing that we're feeling, the negative emotion or whatever it is, instead of fighting that thing and and resisting that thing, we're supposed to automatically enter into Him, right? But the problem is. If we don't ponder, meditate, if we don't exercise what it feels like to be in Christ through the Word, then when the negative thing comes, we don't know how to enter in. This is Christianity, guys. It's not about having some scriptures that are already backed up, cocked like a gun, so that when the negative uh, uh, emotions come, we can just say the word, say the word, say the word, like we were taught in the old charismatic way. You know, confess, 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 but you don't actually know what it feels like to be in Christ. Mm. Yeah. Do you understand what I'm saying? If you cannot go from this negative place and enter in there and rest and know this is what it actually feels like, this is what the promises feel like, this is what I'm experiencing, then unfortunately that person doesn't know Jesus. Are you with me? They might know the Word, they might know Scriptures, but they actually cannot connect with the person of Jesus. Because they haven't taken their heart through that process and taught themselves how to go in and enter. He is the new reality of a believer in the New Testament. It's not a mental thing, folks. 
Are you with me? It's about an experience. And that's why sometimes you'll see we try to do meditations here at church because we're trying to help you enter into experiencing what it feels like to be in Jesus. Do you see where the cutoff comes? So now you've got the negative emotion, but you've got all the scriptures. Now you speak the scriptures, but you don't have any experience. No substance, yeah. There's no substance to the scripture. Yeah. Are you with me? We have to enter into Jesus as much as possible. Every day we have to enter into him. He is our refuge. Yeah. He is our strong tower. Yeah. Amen? And if we're not doing that enough, then we're not, we're not actually exercising the word and pondering on the word like Tasso was saying. What we're doing is we're selling ourselves short. You're still tolerating the world and your flesh and your negative feelings, and you're going, you know what? I don't see the value of going in there. Let me try and figure this thing out by myself. And you're getting tired, and you're getting burnt out, and you're going from one problem to the next problem. How about just rip that stuff all off and just get inside and rest and experience? I mean, imagine seeing yourself the way God sees you. Imagine one 24-hour day with not one fearful thought or feeling. That's normal. That should be our normal. That should be our norm, yeah. Absolutely. Well, that's what's available. That's what's available. Are you, are you with me? Imagine 24 hours of not second guessing who you are, where you're going. God is with you. God has got you. Imagine never second guessing. Imagine never actually having that emotion going through for 24 hours. Do you understand what's happening to you health-wise? Can you, do you know what's actually taking place with your cells, with your body, with your brain? Because you're not experiencing the stuff in your flesh. Remember what we said last week? We were saying, let go, let God. We were saying, whatever you, whatever you uh, uh, resist will persist in your life. Your job is not to persist. Your job is to run to Jesus, get into Jesus experience all of his peace amen experience everything that he has won for us yeah, yeah. Uh, always remember intellectual knowledge of the word versus negative emotions that you're experiencing okay if you've been a christian over 40 50 years and you've studied the word every day and you haven't dealt with your feelings I guarantee you, your feelings are always going to win. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, if this is not a reality check to you guys, I don't know what is. It's true, though, yeah. Negative emotions versus willpower, guaranteed emotions win. Mm. Hey? Yeah. I mean, that's reality. So this is why it's important for us to be a counter act of, of, of emotions. I need to experience God. I need to know how He feels in my heart about me. How does He feel? 
When he sees me, what do you feel? Isn't it? Yeah, because, I mean, you're going out with people that, that you enjoy and, and you have a relationship with, and then you've come to realize how they feel about you, isn't it? And that becomes the rest. That becomes the real rest. Because you, you, you just actually picked up how they feel about you. Not what they just said, but it came to a point they feel. That's, you know, when you enter into, into, into him in, in your heart, this is the most important factor that you will experience. And that will give you the confidence that whatever promises have been made, I can actually now take them and move forward, create whatever it is in my life that I need to create. Because I know how he feels about me. He's not just that light and that love. No, no, no. How does he, when he looks at me, there's a face. Maybe I can't see it because it's full of love. Yeah, yeah, but I can, I can actually experience that face. Because I can see in his face what he feels in his heart about me. And remember, that's where identity comes from. It's not going to come from anything outside of anything else. You want to know the all-powerful, all-wise God, what does he feel about you? That's what you want to know. You need to get to that experience. Yes, yeah, at the core of it. You know, you need to know it in your heart because that's where the connection is going to take place. You understand? That's where your heart is going to open up. Why? Because suddenly there's trust. That's it. There's trust now. From that point on, yeah, yeah. That's that. Then then you move. Then then you start moving. Because anything that comes up, you can deal with. You know, you can go through the exercises. You can say, "Did Jesus take this on the cross?" Yes, he did. You see, but if you don't know how he feels about you, yes, you're going to start fighting it and. Down the line, you're going to remember, ah, oh, there's a promise. Ah, oh, there's this. Jesus did do that for me. Okay, let me try that as well. No. You want to do it right in the beginning. Isn't it? Yeah. And, and we want to do it because once we have that in our hearts, our intellect may falter, but we won't falter in our hearts. Yeah. That's the difference. You know, because you can't intellectually know this perfectly. You know, every person I've spoken to who reads this cover to cover, every time they read it, they learn something new. Because it's the limitation of, you know, our natural intellect. But this experience, if we establish that from the onset, our confidence is not in do I know it or not. Mm. Yeah. Our confidence is I know who he is. Yeah. And I know how he feels about me. Yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? And you know, it's been designed. The Bible says quite clearly. If you walk in love, listen to this, you fulfill the law. You don't have to know the law. Do I need to know everything about Deuteronomy or how to run a country or how to do? No, I don't need to know it. Because automatically the wisdom of God is based on I'm valuing you. So what does that mean? I'm going to find the ways in my heart, which is in line with the word of God, how to benefit you without being selfish. I'm already, says, fulfilling the law. So, yeah, so what you said is so important. I don't have to sit and... That doesn't mean that I'm not going to study the Word. You'll see, you're going to study the Word more. More, yeah. You see. But what it does, it, it, 
it puts you into, into a space, it, it puts you into a zone, if you want to call it, where suddenly this information flows with wisdom. That's what's happening in every situation. Because I turn around and say, when I meet Didi, am, is my heart clear? Is my heart pure? Am I trying to get something out of this guy? Or am I going to meet this guy because of the value that me as a person has for him and God has for him? See, immediately then I've put and I've allowed, I've opened the gates, not just of knowledge of what I'm doing, but of wisdom to meet whatever the need is, to help him connect better to Christ and who God is. Yeah. You see? So, man, I'll tell you. And, and I think, you know, the, the, the next step from there is, um, which I, I know a lot of people often react to this because I reacted the same way in the beginning, you know. You understand these mechanics and you understand the journey and, and you know that what God has in store for us and immediately you're just like, is there, is, is there an easier way, you know? <laughs> like, because listen, what, what we're talking about is it, it, it's, it's in the, the core of who you are, you know. It's the very seat of your soul, you know. And, um, and a lot of times people think, it's like, man, is there no other way to do it? Is there, like, seriously, you know? And, and oftentimes, when you get into that space, guys, it's important to remember the truth of history, right? We're not in this space that we're talking about now. We're not in there by default because in the beginning we were duped, okay? Don't forget that. Don't forget that, right? That through Adam... Right? Death reigned through sin. Don't forget that. Right? And this journey that we're talking about, remember, it's by the grace of God that we've been given an opportunity to be free. We've been made free in our spirit. Are you with me? But we look at it like, oh, you know, all this work. Hey, you know, I've got to sit down now. And Didi says I must contemplate and Tasso's meditate. And I don't know what other eights I must do here. But you quickly forget that you were brought from death to life. You quickly forget that you now have access to the one true living God where before you were caught in the chains of the world. Dead in sin. No opportunity for life or godliness or hope or anything. Purely a slave in the system of the world. And you know what? It's not God's fault. It's Adam's fault. But here, he's, been given, he's given us an opportunity to undo all of that, to be free from all of that. You know, that, like the examples you guys gave about, imagine a 24-hour period, you know, where none of this, like the stings of the death in the world, we experience none of them. That 24 hours, we are just experiencing the nature of perfection himself. Are you with me? When you, when, when you get to that point where you're like, Ugh, I must put more effort in. You must remember. You must remember. Peter says this. He says, listen. Uh, what do you say? He says, uh, um, whoever, uh, um, what do you say? the one who's, who's forgotten their, their, that their past sins have been forgiven. Oh, oh, man, I can't remember what it is. Second Peter? First Peter? Second Peter 1.10 or 11. Sorry. Yeah, what does it say? Um, you become short-sighted. Yes, yeah. yes. You become short-sighted and you've forgotten that your past sins have been forgiven. Let's not be those people, guys, because this process we're talking about this morning, right? This process is the key to life and godliness. 
Yes, it's been put inside of you in your spirit. But you're going to come here and you, it's going to sound like these pastors are hectic, man. Every single week they're hopping on the same thing. Please talk about something else. No, we're not going to. <laughs> this is how you experience God in your life, okay? <laughs> right? But the thing is this, though, is that when you hear this and you have been doing it, do you know what happens? You get encouraged to go further. But when you hear this and you haven't been doing it, it's heavy. It's like, I don't know, you know? But don't be short-sighted. Don't forget that you were brought from death to life. Yeah. You know, I want us to just stick on the feeling thing for a while because that is so important in, 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 in the sense of, you know, what does it feel like? Like Tasso says, when you come into someone's presence and you, you've connected about how they feel about you, that is so huge, bro. It is so massive. I'll just give you an example. When I first w worked in broadcasting, I worked in uh, Supersport te Television for 14 years as a producer. And when I first started off, um, the, the boss of, of the broadcast uh, um, uh, section of, of Mnet would uh, be spoken about like, with, amongst the guys in the, in the live studio. So I worked in a live studio. If you just touch one button wrong, the whole country sees you made a mistake. So there's like serious, serious uh, um, pressure, okay? And there's a, lot of, there's a lot of stuff that comes with that pressure, a lot of threats, and a lot of, if you mess that up twice, you're out. Because we can't afford to have somebody live on air pushing the wrong buttons, doing the wrong things at the wrong time, because then the, the, the broadcaster gets a bad name. So it was very hectic, the pressure was hectic. And every time somebody would make a mistake, one of the, the head directors would use the boss as an example. And they would say, if so-and-so was here now, you would be fired, you'd be out. We won't accept that again. You do that one more time, you're done. And everybody, all the young people who just came in had this idea of the boss as this hectically uh, performance-driven guy who's not gonna accept no mistakes, Make one or two mistakes, you're out, you're finished, you know? Until the day I made a mistake. I made a mistake and I landed up uh, going, to, going to see him. Because basically, uh, I thought, okay, that's it, I'm done. <laughs> Live boxing, I was supposed to have all the stuff ready by the time the highlights were there. I was busy editing, trying to get it done. And as I pushed, as I pushed to roll it out on air, I pushed eject instead of push play. So everybody at home saw, the, those days we had tapes, they saw the tape ejecting out of the machine. So uh, I thought, oh, that's it, I'm done. <laughs> I get to his office, I sit down with him. Yes, this guy encouraged me. And he said, listen, I'm gonna send you on more training, and not only uh, um, have I seen that you're pretty good at this, I'm gonna send you on uh, audio, I'm gonna send you on all this stuff, I actually want, to, I want you to become a director. When I walked out of there, I was like, what the heck? This is not the, what I've heard about this guy. This is nowhere close to this person. This guy's got, he's got so much vision in his heart for people, you know? Not just the business, he cares about the people. And uh, let me tell you something, my attitude at work after that changed. And eventually I did, I became actually the youngest sports producer in South Africa. I ex excelled to such a point where we went and actually, I got picked to go and start my own TV channel. But the thing was, is it was that moment that changed because I knew how he felt about me. Yeah. 
I was actually, I carried a different feeling. Instead of that feeling of threat and, and, and dire straits all the time, I had this feeling of, man, listen, there's, I, I'm, I'm appreciated. Yeah. I'm cared about. And um, there's a place for me to grow here, even if I make mistakes. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? I carried a completely different attitude to work every day after that. And I could see on the other folks, they had never had this experience with them, and they were just going on what everybody else said, you know? And we've got to understand something. That feeling that you carry inside your heart, guys, that's, that's the thing that makes or breaks it. Emotions come and go, but when you have a feeling burnt into your heart, but that's how God feels about me, or that's how my wife feels about me, I know how my wife feels about me. I was trying to break it there, I guess. But anyway. Did, did you also have <laughs> How my dog feels about me when I'm around my dog. You know what I'm saying? Come on. You, you need to carry that knowing of that feeling in you because that's the thing that's going de to determine whether you're able to release the fruits or not. If you don't have that feeling about, yes, I know he loves me. I know what it feels like to be in him. I know that I can feel it. I sense it. It's a part of me. Yeah. I can walk the fruits out every day with effort, without any effort, yep. total effortlessness. Yep. But have we taken the time to exchange the feeling? That's what Tassa was trying to get across this morning. Yep. If it's just intellectual stuff, you're not going to carry nothing except a feeling about how little you know. <laughs> because the more you think you know, you the more you learn, you actually realize you know nothing. Mm. I don't know about you, but I've experienced, the more I study the Bible, the more I go into it, I, sometimes I get, after a week or two, I'm like pumped on it or whatever, and then afterwards I'm like, yes, you actually, without God, you know nothing, but mm. you are so scarily stupid. Yeah, it's true. You know what I'm saying? So that, that's, what they, that, that's why they always say it's not about knowing the Word of God. It's knowing the God of the Word. Amen. See, because when you get to know the... Yeah. When you get to know the God of the Word, then the Word becomes alive. That's why it's important to get to know Him. Yeah. I mean, it's so important. What feeling are you guys carrying when, when you think of God? Because I can tell you right now, we already had that disjointed thing. We said rest, and some of you guys were immediately like, how? Rest? No, man, that, that, that can't be godly. What are you talking about? So immediately that reaction, now don't get down on yourself about it, but that reaction is already connected to the feeling that you're carrying. Amen? Are you with me? Or the feeling that you're caring about God and what He thinks that you should be doing. Oh, we said it yesterday. The disciples came up to Jesus and they said, Hey, God, what? Oh, well, not, they never called Him God. They said, Rabbi, teacher, what is the work that we must do, the work of God that we must do? And Jesus turns around and He goes, Believe. Man, can you imagine how that just cuts you down? Because you come in there and you're going, yes, what are all these amazing things we must do? Tell us, Lord. We'll do them. And he says, uh, just believe. Yeah. 
Believe what? Believe how my God, our Father, feels about you. How do I believe? Believe in the one that he sent. What did he do? He paid the price so that you can rest. Believe. Turn to the person next to you and say, Will you please just believe, huh? <laughs> Amen? Amen. What feeling are you carrying? Are you carrying that feeling that, yes, I mean, what does Romans 8 say to us? <laughs> He'll never leave us, never forsake us. Yeah. He'll never condemn us. Are, are you with me? That's the feeling. But now do this. If you were one of the guys this morning there when we said rest and you immediately your flesh kicked up and you didn't and it was foreign to you, go get that picture that Bash was saying. Get that picture of who Christ is. Go enter into Christ and go and experience rest. Meditate. Practice. Practice. Practice how to rest. Practice how to feel like Christ in Christ. Practice it. And what's going to happen is you're going to exchange that feeling, that, that general sense that you carry of yourself, it's going to get exchanged. And eventually, like Tasso was saying, when the challenges come, they don't penetrate you. Are you with me? They don't wipe you out. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know how many times we've dealt with folks in the ministry that are so promising on a discipleship school or a Bible school, Bible ship, Bible ship. Bible school courses, and they are top students, and they are presidents of the Bible school or whatever, and the first moment a trial hits them, they've got all this word. But they feel like Job. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, they, go, they, they actually go back to Job. Yeah. That's the only thing they can relate to. Oh, Job was right. Though. Yeah, <laughs> yes, he, Job. Job. Do you, do you understand? I mean, that's, that is so true. It's true. They'll even speak to you like this. You know, the profound Christians. I had a job experience. You, had a, you need to get a job experience. Never mind a job experience, brother. And I had it with a cup of tea and cucumber sandwiches. Yeah. No, I mean, this is real. Yeah, big time. I mean, this is what happens. Think about it. The, the challenge comes. They got all the word. They got, they got no substance. They don't know what it feels like to be in Christ. There's no connection. So what do they do? They run back to Job. They look at a story in the Bible because that's all they've got. It's all they've got. Go to Job. Relate to Job. Yeah, yeah, you know what? Now we're going to go in the desert. And God's going to teach me something out there in the desert. And uh, I'll be out of it in about a month or two, maybe, or whatever it is. And that's how they relate. Man! Don't relate to Job, relate to Jesus. Come on. Yeah. But, but you've got to do that in your heart. You've got to convince your heart about how God feels about you. Yes. Amen? You've got to carry it. I can come and encourage you. We can come and say things, do things, pray over you as much as we want to. Until you say to yourself, I'm getting into Christ and I'm going to have that feeling govern my soul. Nobody can help you. What are you carrying? What feeling are you carrying this morning? Mm. Yeah. Amen? Connection. It has to be real, guys. Yeah. yeah. And you know, when you, when you get to the feelings of it, and I think we'll, we'll hit the home stretch now, but 
Um, some people might be like, listen, pastor, feelings, eh? Feelings are for hippies. It's all this, this weird psychology you guys are talking about. Well, you know, the truth is, is that we've been created a certain way and we operate in that certain way, whether we like it or not, you know? So if, if the feelings or, or, you know, these beliefs, whatever, is, is strange things to you, it's only because of one reason, right? Or if you're struggling to get there, you need to drop the stimulation. You need to drop this, the mental stimulation. You need to drop the physical stimulation, all of that stuff. And you need to, to, to be still. Mm. You need to, 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 because you must remember, we are an overstimulated generation. This digital age has, man, it's taken us to a next level of stimulation. From the time we wake up in the morning, we're hearing, we're watching, till the time we go to sleep, we're hearing, we're watching. You know, yeah, pastor, but I've got sermons on the whole day. Yay, that's great. But just remember now, if we have a carnal stimulation that's in overdrive all the time, carnal meaning natural, right? We're always going to be numb to what's happening in our heart. You, you know what I'm saying? If you're overly physically stimulated and intellectually and all that stuff, practice becoming still. And then you will start connecting what we're talking about to the experiences. You'll realize, oh, that's, that's the feeling Didi was talking about. Like, oh, you know, Tasso said, you know, when I think about God, like, well, what feeling do I get now? I, I know what that means. Because sometimes, you know, like you ask, what do you feel when you think about God? Oh, he is holy. He is just. He is righteous. He is love. He is light. You know? Meanwhile, they're not even sure what's happening here. You, you know, because of that super stimulation. Are you guys with me? And, and there is, there is an, a natural part of us, our five senses, you know, our intellect and all these things, but there is a spiritual part of us. Yeah. Are, are you with me? So, you wanna jump in there? No, oh, yeah. Finish. Yeah, yeah, well, th that's the thing is that this process that we're talking about doesn't come with more stimulation. Mm. That's the key you need to take away from this morning. It's not like, I'm gonna go listen to today's sermon 95,000 times, okay? Listen, that, that has benefit, okay? But from an informational point of view, for you to actually sit down and put this in your heart, it's going to take stillness. Are you with me? That process of entering into your heart that we often talk about and working it through in your heart, that process is these senses, whatever, right? These senses, you shut them down. Are you with me? It's, it, those signals get paused now because I'm dealing with a different sense now. Yeah. And that's the senses in my heart, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Well, I mean, you guys can take, I think that there were three fundamental points that came through, okay? Number one was stewardship, number two was rest, and number three, we wanna know what the feeling is um, that God has for us. Okay, so you're gonna go home, and you're gonna sit down and say, what does rest mean to me? And you write it down. Write it down and say, rest for me means I can only have it after I've done this, that, and the other. I can't have it if I haven't done this. Okay? Or rest to me may mean, um, you know, being lazy. So I'm not willing to be lazy. But write it down because you want to know your personal definition that you have from the world, from wherever, even the church maybe. So write it down. Then go do exactly the same with stewardship, what, what am I steward of? Because a lot of people think they are just only stewards of their gifts. 
or, or their talents. They, they don't think they are actually stewards of Jesus' life. So write it down and say, this is what my definition is. See, if you don't, if you don't come to terms with what you believe right now, where you are at, how you define, what is your terminology, then, you know, you, you can't go into the next level to have a comparison. And then, then do this. What do you, re- don't say, yes, the scripture says, what do I believe God feels about me? But don't go to scripture and give an answer. You need to, to, you need to tell from your heart, what do you really believe? Because there might be some legalistic, there might be some mystical sort of concepts there that might be, you know, you're going to be saying, uh, yes, I know through Jesus. And that's what people do. Does Does God really look at you through a lens to be able to love you or did he actually love you? Did he have to put blood in front of him or does he actually value you? You see, so you need to bring those three things up from what you heard today. You need to do that for yourself. Okay, no anointed person can do this for you. I'm telling you right now, because nobody can actually enter your heart and change it. Only you, not even God can do it. He's only given you the authority to be able to do that. So unless you go do it, nobody else is going to do it for you. So you do those three things. And find out what's in your heart. Okay? And then what you're going to do is maybe get a concordance. And you can find it. I mean, like we're in this tech world now. You can find anything you want. Don't tell me you can't find it. Okay? You get free apps. Things I, you know, I've seen my son do things to be able to get apps that nobody, I mean, (laughs) he'll decode everything to be able. So don't tell me you can't do it. Okay? All right. So just find also scriptures to find out what does the scripture say God defines as rest? How does he say it? And do your comparison. What's in your heart and what the truth is. And then make the decision after that. And you're going to say to yourself, I need to commit to who God says because this is his reality. My reality doesn't count, not because I don't have value. No, but because it's a lie. That's why. So I need to get God's reality on this. That's right. And then you're going to begin to practice. But at least start with there. Yeah. Every time you come and you hear something, take your points. And, and say, okay, let me find out what does my heart feel about this? Where am I? And then you'll be able to do the comparison. Amen. Sure. And give yourself Amen. time. Yeah. So important, guys. So important to go and do that exercise in your heart. See what you really believe. See what you really, really believe. There's no use you being too scared to see what's in your heart and then you're just telling yourself, no, I do believe, but I'm not going to go there. Yeah. I do believe, but I'm not going to go there. Rather go there because when, you, when, the, when the trouble comes, because Jesus says troubles are coming, you better know that you know that you know that you believe the promise for that thing. Are you with me? We have to know. Don't be scared. And even if you find that you don't believe in something the way you thought you did, there's mercy, there's grace. God is there. He's going to lead you into the fullness of that promise. But guess what? Until you do that, He's not going to. If you've got a bad belief about He can't. He, he, if you've got a bad belief about money or whatever it is, 
you need to deal with that thing. It ain't going to go away by itself. It's like mRNA vaccine. It's in your DNA. It's constantly making itself. That's what they say. I don't know. They say that it actually makes itself. <laughs> yeah, it's working itself out of you all the time. Are you with me? Turns the person next to you and say, man, I've got to get serious about my heart. Do you know, the thing is that we always say, if you don't look after your, if you don't, how do we used to say? Your heart, if you don't look after your heart, if you don't, I can't remember the saying that we used to have, yeah, a while back. But uh, if you don't look after your heart, when, when your heart fails you, you're in big trouble, guys. Big trouble. This is not just a feel-good thing on a Sunday. And remember what you're doing is what Mark 4 always told us to do. Yes. You're just preparing your heart. By doing that, what we just said, and, and I'm telling you, if you're going to go home and you can't do it, it's not because you don't want to. We all want to do what we heard today. It's your heart is resisting. You're going to immediately go to your apps. You're going to go to Instagram, TikTok. You're going to anything to avoid this, yeah. this homework. It's not that you don't want to do it. Your heart is resisting. And you're going to say, my heart is resisting. This is what Jesus said. I've got to remove the stony. This is stony here. It doesn't want to do it. Because the, the seed is waiting to fall. But it can only germinate when it is on good ground. So if I don't create the good ground, which is my heart, am I right? How do I expect the seed? To, 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 to enter and come alive. It can't come alive. Yeah. It can't come alive on a stony ground. No. You see, if I come here all the time and hear messages with a stony ground, can that word enter into me? No. Ask this question for you. It can't. I need to remove the stony, the hard, the thorny ground that I have within me. Okay? And God can't do it. So when the resistance comes and takes place, and you're feeling really... Uh, okay, some other word was coming up. <laughs> when, when you, <laughs> terrible. <laughs> terrible word. Anyway, so when you're feeling um, terrible, terrible and, and awful and whatever, okay, well, that's the time... Because now you've created a little flag and an indicator, if I don't do this, I'm going to remain exactly where I am. Yo, that's it. Okay? And I'm going to keep getting the same results, the same fruit that I've been getting from the last 30, 40, 50 years. And you see, the bigger de deception is when you're 40, you think by 60 you're going to be a... Uh, you know, the ultimate success or 70, whatever. It's not. If you're not going to change your heart, don't ever think. And that's what, if you're 40 or 30, you're sitting there and you think, ah, I got time, buddy. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. You don't understand that, that how much effort needs to be put in to change that. And it's a good effort, people. It's not a bad effort. I mean, it changes your life. It's a good effort. I mean, the type of effort I remember when I used to do some international deals and I had to sit at night and going through, 
I mean, till two, three in the morning and phoning the guys and, you know, because they've got different times and I've got this whole thing ready. You know, it's like, what for? What in the world for? Because if I had put the effort in me and opened up my heart and experienced myself differently, I would have been on a totally, and, and given whatever I had, I would have given it to the right people. But my heart could not see. My heart could not see it. And, and, and this is what I'm, I'm trying to say to you guys. Your <laughs> time and, and effort into the wrong things, the energy, all of those things. Why? Okay, our heart is, will go against it because your heart is going to keep on deceiving you to hold on to that current image because you're comfortable with it. Yeah, but you might be comfortable. But you know what? The people around you and at the end yourself will be more comfortable if you rest in who you are in Him. Amen. How many of you guys said the other day, oh man, I'm only, I'm only uh, 35, I've got lots of time. How many of you guys said that? And now today you fought, you're almost 50. Yeah. Huh? You're almost 50. <laughs> Amen. Let's do the work, guys. The Bible actually says, labor to enter into his rest. Amen. So let's get those definitions right. Go do that exercise. Check what's in your heart. Come, if you, if you get stuck and you get scared, come talk to us. That's why we're here. We want to show you, okay, you know the reason why you believe like that comes from your parents and this, or it comes from the religious church that you were brought under, all the works and all the laws, and that's why you think of God like that when you think of rest. We're here to straighten out those beliefs. We're here to help you. But go home, do the exercise. Love your heart. Amen. Do it for yourself, and do it for your children and your wives and your spouses, but just do it. Amen. 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 Give God a big round of applause. Come on.